1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard The final countdown is on 10 games to go in the Premiership As Rangers prepare to face Hibs on Friday Christopher Iyer hits out at fans Destroying Scottish football's reputation And can our big clubs learn anything at all From Ajax's Champions League success I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Thanks very much Gordon Yep, it's uh, all shaping up for Another big weekend of games And uh, Friday night is the massive one Hibs v Rangers Can Paul Heckingbottom Get a result against Either half of the old firm And for Rangers A chance to keep the pressure On Celtic And off the park The Brendan Rodgers Saga I don't know about you Gordon But I don't think it's going away And um, our own Mark Wilson today In the newspapers Putting pressure on the Celtic board And also saying that he expects Kieran Tierney to be the subject Of big money bids in the summer Jim Duffy, it's been, it's been quite the week, quite the weekend since we last spoke to you. Yeah, but um, you know, thankfully, although there is still you know a lot of stuff off the field that we have to deal with, and and that that's not going to go away in uh, you know the very near future. But we can get back to talking about the football. As Mark said, a huge game coming up in, in Friday. Hibs certainly will have to be a lot more adventurous than they were against Celtic in the last game. Uh, I think Celtic totally dominated that game and thoroughly deserved to to win it. Um, and Rangers having uh, you know a, a, a kind of indifferent performance in many aspects of Aberdeen, but still within mm. the cup. Uh, but they've also got a big match, uh, you know, Tuesday. So two big matches coming up back to back for Rangers in particular. Celtic just trying to keep the momentum going under Neil Lennon. It's oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Tell us what's on your mind tonight. We are also on Twitter at Clyde SSB. And after seven o'clock, we're going to be joined in the studio by Morris Ross, former Rangers defender, now the reserve team manager. At Motherwell Quite a wide and varied career Been in Norway In the Faroe Islands I'm sure he's got some tales to tell And we will be relying On your questions as well So 01419511025 Or on Twitter At Clyde SSB um, I think I am officially Going to declare this The business end of the season Mark Weary I think yep. it, sta- it starts yep. tonight Right we've decided I don't really care What anyone else thinks 10 league games we've to go We've decided yeah. Because yeah. 10 league games to go The final countdown So what I'm looking for what are you expecting between now and the end of the season? What do you want to see from your team between now and the end of the season? And ultimately, where do you think your team's going to finish? Ten games to go. 01419511025. Crystal ball time. How's it going to pan out? Ten games to go. Celtic will win the league. With a, With bigger, a, bit gap, to spare. a bigger gap than what they have at the moment? Uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be less than it. it at, at the point they cross the line as champions now sometimes you do it with two uh, yeah, games to spare it tails off but at the point they cross the line as champions yeah I could see it being eight, uh, uh, eight, um, around about the 8 point mark Rangers will finish second comfortably um, Hearts in the Scottish Cup final and certainly an old firm um, semi-final uh, for me at the moment it's quite a list of predictions Jim Duffy you don't have to be quite as specific yeah. but 10 games to go that that's quite Scary I can't believe it We're at that stage already But this is it There's there's no No messing around anymore If you've only 10 games to go You're playing for something Yeah Well I'm not quite as confident <laughs> As Mystic Mark there But uh, <laughs> I, I'll just uh, I'll just say I think Celtic will win the league The rest of it I think I'm not so sure I don't know about the points differential I'm not sure about relegation Which is going to be a huge battle Between the three clubs just now St Mund and Dean Hamilton um, And I think that's going to go Right to the very last um, Kick of the ball But uh, other than that 
Um, no, I just look forward to to all the games. It's you know in all divisions, you know, because there's uh, you know you look at the championship and you know the United losing out there against Inverness. But Robin Nielsen's come out straight away and say, look, their focus is on getting promotion. Can mm-hmm. they close the gap on Ross County? Um, so just so many, so many things, um, you know, still which will be exciting in a football sense. Yeah, lots of questions still to be answered. What about the bottom? Ten games to go. Who should be particularly nervous? Uh, well, I, I watched it Marin on Saturday, as you know, God, I, I didn't fancy them, but credit to them. They they dug in, um, you know, really poor uh, weather conditions to play football in. But they got there. They got the, the last minute goal from, from Ryan Flynn. Although I think Livingston goalie Liam Kelly will be disappointed the way he dealt um, with uh, Simeon Jackson's shot. That said, I think Liam Kelly's been absolutely terrific uh, this season and a great signing by Kenny Miller uh, back in the summer. Um, I still fancy St Mirren to go down, to go straight down. And Dundee Hamilton at the moment in terms of second bottom, you could flip a coin, but maybe Hamilton might just finish in 11th place. 0141 Come on, let's hear from you. It's 10 games to go. We are officially declaring it Clyde One Super Scoreboard's business end of the season. I don't know how that fits in with everyone else's take, but we are declaring it the final countdown. 10 games to go. Tell us what you think is going to happen between now and the end of the season. What do you want to see from your team? Between now and the end of the season Give us a call or send us a tweet At Clyde SSB And we do have a game in two days time of course Friday night football between Hibs and Rangers Paul Heckenbottom says they can take positives From the defeat to Celtic But also says they learned a lot He doesn't expect Steven Gerrard to make too many changes um, But he is acknowledging Rangers quality Lots of positives So again, how little our goalkeeper had to work You know, Three shots on target from them uh, Fia made one save And then the two unstoppable shots So there were lots of things right, but we made ourselves def- have to defend a lot more than was necessary because we were cheap in turning the ball over um, in lots of ways, through unforced errors a little bit more than we like and also through just decision-making, trying to counter every opportunity when there was times just to keep the ball, take the sting out of the game and, and control the tempo of the game. They've, they've been good, hit a lot of form now, scoring goals. I can't imagine Stephen changing too much. But he has got the capabilities to do that if he wants, you know, with with the squad he's got and the players he's got competing for each position. But um, I don't think there'll be too much different in the setup and, and how he approaches the game. Um, and I wouldn't have thought too much difference in personnel. Um, but he has got the scope to do that if he wants to. Come on, let's hear from you. Ten games to go. The final countdown. What are you expecting between now and the end of the season from your team? That applies to any team. 0141 951 1025. Friday night football, Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing from Paul Heckingbottom there. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned earlier on there He's he's taken a lot of positive from the Celtic game Uh, I I wouldn't take quite as many Because I think in the past, particularly Easter Road uh, You know, the Hibs have been, you know, on the front foot They've denied Celtic really any um, space and time on the ball And also, you know, positive results I think it's one of the places we keep mentioning That Brendan Rodgers had actually never won it Um, but Celtic won, you know, with a little bit to spare and, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a really positive performance. And I think if Hibs want to have an opportunity to beat Rangers, then they have to get after Rangers. They have to, you know, be more positive, be more uh, like they were in previous encounters. Uh, and Rangers, you, said, you know, we said here a couple of weeks ago that, you know, Stephen Gerrard can't keep, you know, kind of trying to squeeze a little bit more at his team. His team have to perform on a consistent basis. Um, you know, when they go to places like Easter Road up at Petaudry there, they get away with it a little bit, you know, and um, I don't think there's any room for either at Easter Road. They'll have to go there and be close to their best. Uh, and again, as we say, although there's an eight-point difference, if they can win on Friday, 
Five points And again it just asks the questions of Celtic And you know They have to keep doing that And just maybe just hope That there is a little bit um, You know That uh, seeps into the Celtic mentality Although I would doubt it But they have to pose the question Yeah I mean I, I was very disappointed With Hibs performance On, on Saturday night You know Celtic were, were dominant But it was not the Hibs That we've been used to Over the past two or three years Neil Lennon and uh, Alan Stubbs uh, Before him So I think Paul Hagenbottom Has got a lot of making up to do to the Hibernian um, supporters um, But they're coming up against a Rangers team I actually thought Rangers Played pretty well on Sunday um, I know they didn't create an awful lot of chances But um, One thing that struck me About the Aberdeen Central Defensive Partnership Whenever Morelos got possession And I know there was a battle and, and he died I think he, he should have had um, A foul up under in the, in, in the pitch In the second half When Considine got away with one but McKenna and Considine looked really nervous whenever he took possession in terms of they, they know what kind of threat it can be. So Morelis, is, is, as we've said many times, he's absolutely key. He will be again on Friday night and I would fancy him to be the match winner. 01419511025. Jai's a Celtic fan in Clyde Bank. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I'd just like to put across that obviously with all the changes that's happened at Celtic in the past few weeks, just to ensure that we get the, the team get their head down and make sure they get the treble treble through and uh, definitely a good few points ahead of Rangers by the end of the season for the league title as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Celtic's in a fantastic position, Jay. You know, the obviously that eight point uh, gap just now, it would mean that, uh, you know, if you lose three, I mean, Gordon just told you the final count on 10 games, if you lose three games, uh, you know, with Rangers winning every game. You know, so there's a, there's a, you know, it's unlikely that that'll happen, even if they, they lost a couple of games to Rangers. You know, it's, it's unlikely, but. You know what Rangers have to do is, is obviously try and ask questions. But from Celtic's point of view, they you know they they just seem to have just carried on. I mean Neil Lennon's come in there, just you know seemingly seemingly just went in, uh, you know carried on the good work that Brendan Rodgers done with John Kennedy. I think he gave due credit to John Kennedy for the Hibs mm-hmm. game, saying he had a wee tweak with James Forrest, yep. uh, asking him to go and play like a number ten. I think that's good management because he's giving he's acknowledging the you know the, the intelligence of his coach. Uh, that'll help John as well um, So And then it works Which is great as well So Listen the semi-final's going to You know Whether it's Rangers Or whether it's Aberdeen I think ultimately That's that's the big one I think if Celtic get beyond that one mm. Then I think I think with other experience and knowledge If they get to the final I can't mm. see them losing it Yeah I mean Rewind one week Mark We only have to go back seven days And of course Brendan Rodgers When he left Celtic Did leave him in a strong domestic position But the, the question was there would it cause disruption? How how would the players react? To, you know, to the manager leaving and a new face coming in. It's only two games down, but it doesn't yeah. look like there are going to be any signs of disruption. No, not at the moment. But I think if if and I expect Celtic to go over the line, um, certainly in the league. No, over, overly sure about the cup. But I think a defining moment is Odson Edwards' injury time goal at Tynecastle this time last week. Absolutely, because. It keeps your gap going It doesn't set in a, a seed of doubt Doesn't give Rangers any extra encouragement And it also sets you up for going to Easter Road On Saturday night in the Scottish Cup tie mm-hmm. um, On a high So for sure that was a massive moment um, For Celtic And uh, I think Neil Lennon Picking up on Jim's point About the John Kennedy stuff And the tactical alterations Overall in the past seven days Since he was unveiled officially last Wednesday morning I think he's handled himself really well I think he's got the tone right I've been respectful to the previous regime But also setting his own standards I just think he's he's been exemplary so far In the way he's conducted himself as a manager Jai, you want to come back in? 
Um, I, I mean, I get the points. Uh, all I noticed, though, but I mean, going back to the Hibs game, I just I felt. I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, other Celtic fans might disagree, but I've, I've seen a lot of ball going back and forth to the back four men, just passing between them. They couldn't get up the pitch, and it's just a slight worry that he's kept uh, Brendan's tactics on. Although teams were figuring them out. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, you can't dismantle a style, you know, three quarters of the way through the season, Jay, you know, I mean, if he completely changes it, I think there the will be elements where he will use the ball forward a little bit more at times, there'll probably be a bit less risk at times, um, but there is a style there that he wants to continue with, because that's the, the style the players are comfortable with, they know, uh, and it's just about making sure they don't take unnecessary risks, there was one or two little risks, obviously they gave the goal away against Hearts, with that, and uh, I think he'll he'll have he'll have acknowledged that, and just try and make sure they cut out elementary errors. That was Giant Clyde Bank. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Paul Jones, he's got it figured out as far as as he can see. It says Celtic probably only need to win six of their last ten because Rangers are unlikely to win more than eight. Rangers will win against Aberdeen, so the winner of that semi probably wins the cup. I think that goes along with your theory for the last ten games, Mark Weedy. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think Celtic are eight victories away from the treble, treble six in the league. And uh, obviously two uh, in the cup. You know, I said that when Brendan Rodgers decided to leave eight days ago, that um, he was eleven wins away for you know eight in the um, mm-hmm. eight in the league and three in the cup. So um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that's a bit spot on. Alexander McDonald's on. He says, uh, "Listen every night in Afghanistan. Love the show. He wants Rangers to do the double, but in fairness, he's got the wee emoji with the tongue sticking out, and he mm-hmm. says that's me looking through my blue tinted glasses. Hopefully, win the cup though, Alex." Yeah, no, I, th- I think the cup's absolutely vital for Steven Gerrard, for Rangers, for the fans, for the belief, you know, the confidence getting next season, for recruitment, you know, and again, it's another window for Steven Gerrard because he's got a number of players on loan, uh, you know, how they recruit, all of these things, the budget, you know, can be helped, um, you know, uh, you know, once once the, uh, you know, they get into these situations as well, uh, just so many things. Not not so much won the cup in terms of the season tickets, you know, because obviously if they won the cup. I think there's a real buoyant atmosphere, a real surge of season tickets. All these sort of things will help um, Rangers in, improve their squad, and they have to improve their squad because mm-hmm. Celtic, whoever the manager is, will bring in a number of players. Um, do already have a strong squad, so Rangers have to try and um, and match that and better that because next season is is. Truly pivotal for them Craig Logan's on though He's uh, he's staying optimistic For a Rangers perspective He says Rangers to win the league And the cup Never give up Helicopter Sunday Proved that Rangers built on winning And that's the target Says Craig They certainly When they In the build up To the Old Firm game At uh, Celtic Park March 31st Rangers need to get into that game Having won The, the, the three league games Before it That would be game Um Number four Then you'll have one more To play the following weekend Then then you get into the split So for there to be Any chance Even if Rangers uh, Even if Celtic Win all their games Up to then Rangers must have Full points And beat Celtic At Celtic Park That is our Only chance Of being successful This season Ten games to go We're asking you What you expect Alec is on the line Hi Alec Hi lad I I don't think It's going to be Any surprise Of what I'm going to say (laughs) (laughs) It seems A lifetime ago uh, Since last Tuesday That the news broke About Brendan leaving uh, Neil Lennon and John Kennedy then came in and obviously took care of everything. Uh, two games at Easter Road, uh, sorry, a game at Easter Road and a game at Tynecastle. Probably Tynecastle probably one of the most hardest places to go at the mess of times. But you know the squad stood up and uh, 
we got the points that we needed and we got through uh, the semi-finals. I think now we we Neil, I think in his own right, he should get offered the job. I know they're going to wait till summer, but me personally, I would like to see him getting the job. Uh, Celtic's gone for 10 in a row. We don't need to be tinkering with, with somebody coming outside. We need somebody like Neil Lennon. We need somebody like John Kennedy. You know, the be, Neil's been part of it. The, this 10 in a row in the past and so is John so we don't need to be tinkering he's got an eye for a player as we know he likes to play 4-4-2 and for the boy Jay that says that Celtic are doing a lot of bass part uh, playing the, with the ball at the back Celtic played the ball forward many times because it's one thing that I'm convinced about is Neil's not going to tolerate any defenders taking any unnecessary chances or inviting any unnecessary risks running about the goals so that that that's one thing that I'm going to be I'm quite happy about with Wayne Hill coming in because I felt that under Brendan we were fighting people on and I sometimes that we were getting the break because we were sucking players in but I think that we've now got the players to we don't need to do any this at the back and get the ball forward into the mid danger parts of the, the midfield and the, and the strikers I mean, I, I agree with some of the things Alex says, but Celtic had the best defensive record in the country by quite a bit. Um, you know, they they rarely made mistake. Yeah, you'll make a mistake now and again um, by you know maybe overplaying at the back. But also the thing is, a lot of teams had sat back against Celtic, and then they tried to maybe mix up by high pressing them. And if you just boot the ball at the pitch, people be saying, "Oh wait a minute, that's not the way Celtic play." So it took a little while for that system to get. Although Brendan Rodgers had a philosophy, it still took about a time. So I, I'm, I must admit, I, w- I wouldn't criticise that that way of playing. I think if Neil Lennon wants to tweak it a little bit, then fine. But I don't think he'll, uh, you know, be you know too dramatic in the change. Um, you know, it's not really a four four two. He can play with a four two three one. Um, again, all those kind of system things, I think, all depend on who, which players is available, which games he's he's, he's uh, involved in, and how how they dominate the game. So, for instance, against Hearts, it was different, you know, because the Hearts had a good spell with the game. But against Hib, they dominated the game. So, there's there's different ways of playing, different approaches, and Celtic have the squad and have the quality to see these type of games through. But more importantly, have the know how, mm. have the know how, they have the knowledge of doing it in previous years, going beyond the summer. I would still wait if I was Celtic to the summer before they make an official appointment. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know about bringing someone from outside. I think you bring in the best guy available because Celtic will look at Europe, look to improve in Europe, look at you know knowledge of recruitment, whether um, as a Lee Congerton, who's, who's, who's mm-hmm. the, the rumour to maybe be leaving. Joining so there's all these, all these other issues in, uh, to, to, to look at. But for me, managerial appointment, I'd be leaving it to the summer. And then if it's Neil Lennon, fine, but making sure... That you do it rather than just kind of make an an instant an instant um, judgment. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five ten games to go in the Premiership. The final countdown is on. We're asking you what you're expecting, what you're predicting, and we're going to hear from Christopher Iyer. Very strong words about people destroying Scottish football reputation. That's coming up after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's Mark Weary and Jim Duffy here to take your calls. We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB 
As well With 10 games to go In the Premiership The final countdown is on The business end is here Call it what you will We're asking What your predictions are What you want to see From your team In the final 10 games Aki is on Twitter A Hibs fan He says The game on Friday Will be different For numerous reasons Hibs can't be worse Than last week Better conditions Better tactics Hibs for 3 points On Friday He says We're about to hear From Christopher Iyer Very strong words from him uh, With regards to Some of the unsavoury stuff That's been going on In our game In recent weeks Let's speak to Craig First up though Who's a Rangers fan Hi Craig Hi there How are you doing Gordon? Yeah not bad Craig What's your point tonight? Yeah well I just want to um, You know this question I want in terms of what I want to see for Rangers for the remainder of the season, um, I think you know. Firstly, I, I disagree with Mark. I don't think Celtic will win the league by eight points. I think they will win the league, but I'm, I don't think it'll be you know eight points because you know I don't subscribe to this idea that somehow Celtic aren't going to drop any points between now and the end of the season. You know, I think for Rangers' point of view, what I want to see Rangers doing is go on a run of maybe five, six wins. Um, and really put pressure in Celtic um, and obviously look to beat them because um, they're still going to play twice they'll play at Celtic but if 31st of March they'll then play after the split in the league obviously should Rangers win on Tuesday they'll then play in the Cup but silverware wise that's the goal for Rangers is to win the Cup and I don't think um, although many other people would say any different I don't think there would be a, a total Failure or disaster for Rangers to finish second in the league this season um, and win the cup until they finish third the last two seasons. So, mm. um, yeah, I think it'll be a tighter league. I think it'll be maybe three or four points in it. Um, I'm not so sure that it'll be eight, though. How important does silverware become? Hugh Evans has got that phrase he always uses about Rangers looking for a tangible sign of success, he always says. Mm. Um, I mean, Europe certainly was that this season. I don't think you can deny that. Um, second place. Yeah, it would, it would be an improvement. How important does that that trophy become in this this journey, if you like, that we've been hearing well, about for the last well, it's, number it's of years? Cliche you hear <laughs> for the X Factor or, or uh, whatever it is, but I think it would be different to, to to Rangers, you know, to get that, you know, considering where Rangers were, you know, seven years ago, um, and and I think it would be in some ways a, a fitting end to a season considering what Steven Gerrard inherited what he managed to do in terms of European qualification made a, a more than decent fist of it um, the, the squad turned around but then you flip it round I think if I'm on the Rangers board um, considering the way they have backed him and then again in January there with um, you know whatever it may be 50, 60, 70 grand a week onto their budget to bring in Davis and Defoe even though the, the, the Davis thing isn't going particularly well just now then I think the Rangers board are, are entitled to say, yeah, why, why shouldn't we win the Scottish Cup? You know, we should be beating Aberdeen. We should be beating Celtic in a one-off cup tie in a semi-final. And then if it's Hearts or Inverness, we should be winning. And I'm sure Stephen Gerrard will feel that uh, himself too. If they don't win it, it's not a sackable offence. But I think it means that Rangers season has almost been a disappointment. If they don't pick up the Scottish Cup, that's me taking it for granted they're not going to win the league. Listen, if they win the league... The flags are out And that's a whole different ball game um, But I think it's been a really good season I think the European qualification Bought them a lot of time Allowed them the benefit of the doubt Over some dodgy results um, In the league But uh, yeah I think If you're part of Rangers You should be expecting to win the Scottish Cup On May 25th yeah. and The first thing Rangers have to do Is win the next 3-4 games and, and you know that that That's imperative Because if they don't um, It doesn't matter Even if they do drop points They're not gaining, gaining any ground So they have to try as much as possible, as Craig says, and get that level of consistency back, to, you know, back and win, win after win. 
Um, but I, I still believe that silverware is important. As I said, I think it's important for the the, the, the stature, um, you know, of the, the club again, just getting back to winning major silverware. Celtic, as I said, have, have romped it seven out of seven, look as if they should, you know, be eight with the title. So whether it's a treble treble or just stopping, you know, just, just making sure that you stop Celtic winning everything that's available to them, I think it's important, as I said, and I think not just important for this season, but going forward for Rangers. Craig? Uh, no, I, would, I think I would agree with mostly what the um, the, the panel have said there. I think um, you know Rangers should be thinking that we can we should that we should be winning the Scottish Cup um, at the end of May. I think you know okay we get by Aberdeen and to be fair you know I think Ibrox I, I would fancy our chances against Aberdeen, uh, particularly knowing that they're missing their their main man in Sam Cosgrove um, and you know Celtic. What frustrates me is that over the last few years we've been sort of perennial semi-finalists. You know, we've been in about every Scottish Cup semi-final for the last four years, and we've lost them. Um, well, with the exception of the one, the one, the Hibs one, yeah, two thousand sixteen, yeah, yeah, and then we lost to Hibs, um, and obviously, not just that. Then we've been in a number of League Cup semi-finals as well, and it's, it's incredibly frustrating. Senior team play in semi-final after semi-final after semi-final, and never actually getting over that line to the final. Because if we can beat Celtic, you know, I would fancy it's against Hearts and Inverness. I'd have to say I would expect it to be Hearts. You know, if they couldn't beat Partick Thistle and Inverness, well, quite frankly, they don't deserve to be in a Scottish Cup final. Um, so yeah, I would expect that if we can get past Aberdeen on Tuesday and then Celtic, the cup should. Be coming to Ibrox, but in terms of the league, I think that's that's a project. I don't think anybody would have come into this season thinking that Rangers were going to win the league. I don't think Stephen Gerrard's main aim would have been winning the league. The, the gap was huge coming into this season, so closing that, which I think they've done a bit, and getting a trophy would be the goal. But the only way you get silverware is consistency, and we've not had that um, in, in great spades this season, but I. But also the finance, Craig. The, the European finances. I don't know the exact figure, but I'd imagine Gordon it would be it would be north of eight million quid comfortably in terms of what they brought in in terms of uh, of, of European revenue. So so right away, you know that that's great. And as much as you want to win the league, you know that that's three or four times more than what you get for actually winning the league. You know it's more than what you would get for winning a domestic treble. Albeit you want trophies in the cabinet, but the the finance that he brought in because of the the great results that they had in the qualifiers um, was very very helpful. Thank you to Craig and Cumbernaldo one four one nine five one one zero two five. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well. Uh, let's hear a bit from Christopher Iyer, the Celtic defender. He's warning the missile throwers that they risk destroying Scottish football's reputation. Scott Sinclair, of course, narrowly avoided injury when that bottle was hurled towards him at Hibs. It's you don't need me to, to rhyme off all the incidents And we're not being selective I'm just not going to sit here and, and list them all off Partick Thistle boss Gary Caldwell The most recent one Targeted with a coin during the Firhill clash uh, On Monday Christopher Iyer says simply It needs to stop You can't sit and, and wait for the first really bad uh, injury To happen before you take any actions If if this bottle hits Sinclair It can cause uh, severe injuries And uh, uh, he's just uh, lucky to not be hit 
too many times this season that a line has been crossed uh, for me uh, I've always been thinking that uh, and and I still think that uh, Scottish fans are the best in the world in terms of creating an incredible atmosphere and a few fans are, are really really destroying the whole picture you you you, you get from from um, the stands there because of these coins throwing and even even a bottle being thrown at the player which is completely unacceptable so I think it's a, it's a real shame because uh, the majority of the fans there are one of the best in the world and uh, to really really see that this is the headlines is quite sad Wish we didn't have to talk about it Mark Weedy but at the same yeah. time you've got to keep calling it out until it stops so what's what, what do you make of the the latest batch, if you like that, that's how sad it's becoming. Yeah, it's, it's one after another. I, I find it quite, quite sickening, but it's been, it's been coming. You know, from from the chanting, I think there's been a real um, upturn in, in the the horrible songs um, over the past eighteen months to two years. But I think what we need to just set the record straight on now is this is not just about Celtic and Rangers and bigotry, sectarianism, what you want to call it. This is about hooliganism across the board in Scotland. So. If there's inquiries from police, the government, whatever it may be, this should not just be focused on Celtic and Rangers. This is across the board in Scottish football. Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, Celtic, Rangers. I think there was an incident at St Mirren as well um, a few weeks ago. So, yeah, Celtic and Rangers are the biggest clubs in the country and, and they dominate the headlines. But it's more widespread than that and our authorities have to... Investigate that Jim how do we find this balance Between acknowledging That some of these incidents Are very serious And should be treated In a serious manner But also not overreacting Because there's always mm-hmm. That temptation And you've seen Some of the comments mm-hmm. And some of the coverage And some of the Some of the suggestions There is a danger That we that we overreact And that we, we demonise Football fans And we criminalise everyone So how do, how do we find that line? Yeah I think that's just The way we are as a society Now everyone you know, goes overboard about any anything at all that becomes um, you know we become aware of in the public. Um, you know, there was a, 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 a quite a, a, a serious bottle thrown incident in the the Sheffield derby the other night there, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying it was glossed over, but it certainly got a fraction of the publicity. I'm I'm starting to think now that like, could we do something similar that we done a few years ago when you know people used to run on the pitch and stuff like that where the cameras didn't take them didn't show it. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if these people are getting an, too much publicity and actually reacting to that, almost and becoming, you know, um, you know, uh, in, enjoying that notoriety, and rather than saying so, if there's banners, don't show the banners. If there's singing, drown out the singing. You know, if there's something, something doing something, the police. I'm not saying ignore. I'm saying the police and the authorities should deal with it, or the stewards or the clubs, but not giving them media coverage, not not you know displaying it all the time. And I don't listen. No one mm. really knows the answer. But I think there's got to be a a, a a line between, you know, something which is, is is a bit unsavory, and other things which are dangerous. And I think throwing things are dangerous. Some of the songs and some of the chanting is unsavory. Mm-hmm. But I think there's got to be a line drawn because, you know, ultimately that 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 can be offensive, but it's not threatening someone in terms of could could it be physically uh, physically damaging. Whereas bottles and coin throwing, I think, you know, as soon as that happens, someone should be ejected. And charged And uh, you know and, and have a banning order well, Let's get the thoughts On the line of Ron Hi Ron What's your take? Hello My, my take on it is that um, With all this Coins Bottles What's it going to be next? They shouldn't be able To get a bottle Through the turnstiles Apart from that there's, You've got Stewards Everywhere CCTV camera 
if they can't pick them out, are we going to have to go back to the old days where you had police up and down the aisles and be able to point these people out and hout them? Because it's a criminal act and they should be charged and put away for it. Mm. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It, it probably does go back to how we, you know, how we, how we steward games, how we police games. You, you do you, We've been to games if, if you go as a fan You get you get the old pat down um, I don't want to give people ideas But if you really want something in You'll probably get it in There are, yeah, there yeah. are, there are ways seen, And I think <laughs> I think we've I think we've seen that But Ron's right about it being a criminal act The thing that makes me a little bit uncomfortable Just because I love I love football And I love football in this country Is this idea that You know This is all All football's fault And you know and, and it, you know Teams must be docked points Or, or whatever it may be Throwing a bottle is not okay anywhere. It doesn't matter whether you're in a football yeah. ground or whether you're in the supermarket. So does that not become a a, a police issue to, to deal yeah. with the, the, what, what the criminal we, act? What, what have we to do? Have we to breatheliser every supporter before? Because I guarantee you that most of these people will be drunk. They'll be worse for wear. We drink, drug taking, get on. That there's that element of of people that are going, and it appears to be to be quite common now inside football grounds that there's drugs are taking place inside the toilets you speak to any supporters that go and they'll tell you so that's society that's not about football that's habitual behaviour but what gets me um, is we talk about stewards we talk about police we talk about CCTV the amount of money that football clubs are spending on all those on a weekly basis and yet, why, why, why do most people get away with it? Why can we never find these people? We had the statement from Hibbs, Leanne Dempster holding her hands up, acknowledging that their CCTV could not identify yeah. the bottle thrower at Scott Sinclair, and they've now made moves to upgrade their CCTV yeah. to try and make that happen. Yeah, listen, there's crimes all over the country, and people say there's CCTV everywhere. It's not everywhere. And the same in stadiums. And again, as you say, Gordon, if somebody wants to do something, they look and they know where they are, and they know where these things are, and they're aware of a lot of the stuff. But you know, the one thing I do think that you know Ron has a point is he's saying you know police know the way up the the, the stairs, the terraces, or what no, not terraces anymore because they're all supposedly seated areas. But for me, I think that might be the case for the next so many weeks, not you know, but for, for a period of time. Because I think like everything else, it's like something happening on a football pitch. When you know people start saying, "Well, if you tug a jersey, you'll get a penalty." At the start of the season, everybody gives away penalties. Then it calms down because people mm-hmm. stop doing it. And I think something like that. So a real enforcement, a real show of strength. As you say, yeah, it cost the clubs. Of course, it's going to cost mm. the clubs, but it, it might be cost effective in the long term. So the, you know, the increase in police presence for a number of games, and then hopefully that means mm-hmm. there's warning signs there, and then you know the, the, it calms everything down because this is this is something that's happened in a relatively short period of time and seemed to really taking uh, taking hold mm. of the game, and I think it can we can reduce it. Quickly. Don't forget, after 7 o'clock, we're going to be joined in the studio by Morris Ross, former Rangers defender, current Motherwell reserve team coach. So if you've got any questions, get them in, and we're taking more of your calls after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. I'm reliably informed Morris Ross is in the building. So Maurizio! We'll be, we'll be joined by him a bit later on after seven o'clock. Look at his current role, look back on, on how he got there and so on. You're stuck with Mark and Jim for the next ten minutes or so though. 01419511025. We are also on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Jeffrey's in Gifnock. What's your point tonight, Jeffrey? Right, I've got two points. I would just like to mention um the Ajax game last night, seeing the young boys beat the best team in Europe. Um, it was a magnificent game, and I hope that the clubs around Europe and Scotland look at that game and, and to see what can be done. 
Uh, right now, Mummy, point out. Let's deal with that first, Jeffrey, because it was actually something I was going to bring up. I mentioned it at the top of the show. Listen, it was a four-one. It was a demolition yeah. of Real Real Madrid. By the way, mm-hmm. you know, that's in the Bernabeu. In the Bernabeu. And you, you, I'm sure you've, if you're on social media like me, you, you've seen this all night. Listen, Ajax and Celtic have got similar wage bills, therefore it shows what can be done. Of course, there's a bit more to it. Of course, I mean, I think Ajax spent about fifty million on on players recently, so they clearly are, are, are putting a bit more out in that respect. Um, there's the, the history there of the the production line that the yeah. Netherlands have, and, and, and yeah. so on. Generally, though. Does it give a, a bit of hope that in a you know in a one-off game, rather than just writing off every time you come up against a financially superior team, you can at least do something, whether it's yeah. on a one-off basis? Yeah, listen, there is Gordon. Um, you know, there's evidence of it. Celtic beating Barcelona at, at Parkhead what, five six years ago. Uh, Rangers even getting a, a nil-nil draw uh, against uh, Barcelona is a, is a good result. Um, so when you look at that Yeah it can be done But I think the, the result And the performance And the way that uh, Ajax dismantled Real Madrid last night Was quite extraordinary And you've got to remember as well Now I don't know if they played I don't. I didn't see the lineups, But Delight to delete How you pronounce his name At Ajax He's rated at 67 80 million quid Barcelona Man U Man City Everybody PSG wants to sign him There's also another boy So there's two In that team that you would probably regard as world class yeah, And you're also looking at a, a Real Madrid team Yeah, prem, um, European Championships the past few years I know But they're in decline And there's a there's a bit of un, unrest there There's a rebuild job to be done Last night's result will inevitably cost Solari his job there And it's all about who's going to go in and take over next But that's not to take anything away from Ajax Can I see Celtic or Rangers going to the Bernabeu within the next five years and, and, and dumping out Real Madrid in such a fashion? No, but it should never stop you trying to reach that level. Yeah, it's just refreshing probably, Jim, more than anything because we've become yeah. we've become conditioned in yes. recent years to think that the richest team wins, end of story. Yes, I think absolutely, Gordon. Uh, you know, over regime, we say there's no, there's no real shocks now. The rich are too good and therefore the big teams will always get to the latter stages and one of them, you know, will always win the trophy and stuff like that. And I, I actually, um, you know, just <laughs> shot that down, uh, you know, tremendously well last night. Not just in winning the match, but in the style they won it. Yeah, Matt's one hundred percent right in terms of, you know, um, Real Madrid and free fall. But forget that. Just take Ajax. But listen, you know, we've got to remember Dutch football. You know, ha- has been in decline for a mm. number of years as mm. well. So they've maybe had the, their spell of ten or fifteen years. You know that they haven't. You know they've always produced players, but in terms of the actual. You know, club football, you know, they haven't been anywhere near um, the legendary status they had in the 70s. So it's taken them a while. They maybe had to rethink, regroup, um, you know. But Ajax have, all, have always tried to promote players, you know, and they've sold players on very well. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, it has taken them a while as well. And I think Dutch football and Dutch, Dutch culture is different from Scottish football, Scottish culture. But listen, I think it does give hope to the teams like a Celtic when they get into European Cup competition, that isn't just a gimme. You know, yeah, you, you might not go one four one, but there is an opportunity that in, a, in a, any given day in a cup competition you can win it. I mean, Mark Greedy, the like I say, this is not because we do this international level, don't we? Yeah. Is it, you know, as soon as Iceland do, oh, what are Iceland doing? Let's just do what Iceland are doing and, Croatia and, and so that, on. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's that simple. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, for instance, Ajax, are, I don't even think they're not top of their domestic league. You know, no, that, 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 that right. wouldn't that wouldn't wash for for Celtic or you know or for, uh-huh. or for Rangers if they can get back there. Um, so there is a bit more to it, but it's just that that general feeling, like we say, just that reminder to everyone that if you have a really good identity and you're really true to it, you, you, you can make it work. 
to an extent. Yeah, but one other thing that we, and again without seeing Ajax starting lineup last night, but one thing that's been mentioned over and over again in recent years, when if you like Celtic and Rangers get pulled up for not achieving what Ajax do or Fine or the PSV, don't forget that the Dutch clubs have got access to the South American market mm-hmm. that, that yep. the Scottish clubs don't because of the, the the red tape and stuff like that and passports and all that kind of thing. So we've got to remember that as well. But Ajax for a number of years have spent tens of millions of euros on their academy. You look at their structure, you know, they've got Mark Overmars in there, Edwin van der Sar in there, Yap Stam was involved, he's now going to take over as a head coach of... Uh, yeah, this is clearly not an overnight thing because no, these guys came through men. here 30 years ago yeah. and, and they're now passing that on. And they're coming back through, Bergkamp's been, been involved and also the, the, the Boers, but, and one other guy who's playing a fantastic role at their academy and making sure the next generation of Deleeks and, and boys like that coming through is Michel Dosberg who they plucked from Azel Daltmer former Motherwell and Dunfermline defender who's carved out an outstanding reputation for himself um, in Holland and he's playing a pivotal mm. role in the next generation at Ajax Jeffrey, what was your other point? Right my other point is about the troubles Do, don't you think it comes down to education um, I'll guarantee you that some of the troubles are caused by school kids that don't know much about football and the troubles that they're causing. Um, at Ibrox, um, when away fans come, they have the police do their job properly because they have sniffer dogs, they have explosive dogs checking their away support when they come in. Why can they not do that around other stadiums um, but, um, and things like that? Because I'll guarantee you, if things go on the way they are and as we've been talking about it over the last week or so if the Scottish government get involved we're going to see fencing put back up do we want that? I don't mm. think so Yeah Jim Duffy like, I, I made this quite clear earlier on my biggest hope over this is that obviously first of all we, we fix it and we stop mm. it but, but closely followed by I hope we don't overreact and I, and I hope we manage to find a, a, a suitable solution well, from a footballing perspective mm. then I don't know as, as a manager would you ever support the idea of, of of taking the players off or anything like that? If you you know if, if a glass bottle is narrowly missing one of your players, yeah. is, is is that something you would you would? It's not me personally support? because I think that again you know you're bound to the the idiots you know at times, um, but you know again I think sometimes we think this is a a social problem in Scotland or the west of Scotland. I don't think it is. I think that if you look all around Europe, you know you'll see. Flares being thrown on pitches, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, the stadium have fences, a lot of them are shut down. Um, you know, there are incidents, you know, off the field, going up to stadiums. You know, sadly, one of the Manchester City supporters was uh, severely attacked not long ago, a Liverpool fan last year, so on and so forth. There, there are things happening all over Europe. So, you know, th- this is, I think, is a, is a, a, a thing, which is a social aspect, not just in Scotland. But I do agree. Uh, with Jeffrey in one aspect I think long term education to say to people listen you know we need to treat people right treat people properly uh, and not look at these other aspects of it but it's not a quick fix uh, and I'm not I'm not one for strict liability I keep saying all the time I think that you're punishing the innocent then Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday Wednesday and Saturday Highlight of my week at this time yesterday Gordon DL on the wrong end of a 5-2 On Beat the Pundit He got an absolute <laughs> doing You should have seen his face It was delightful Anyway <laughs> Your chance to take on Mark Guiri Or Jim Duffy at Beat the Pundit 01419511025 Be quick You only have until the news at 7 o'clock 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan. Morris Ross is with us as well, the Motherwell Reserve Team coach, former Rangers defender amongst others. So we're going to get to know him in uh, just a few minutes or two after we do this. Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest Every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday Honestly, I can't stress how happy it made me When Gordon DL got an absolute doing On Beat the Pundit last night So John and Bishop Briggs No pressure, you've got big shoes to fill Are you up to the task? I'm feeling confident Good, that's what I like to hear I like a bit of confidence A bit of self-belief Heads you're up against Mark Guidi Tails you're up against Jim Duffy and it's tails Jim Duffy against John from Bishop Briggs So I'll give Jim some Clay 2 to listen to Make sure that he can't hear us And we'll get your clock up and running John you've got 30 seconds Head to head with Jim You can pass Here's your chance to beat the pundit You ready? Uh-huh. Yes. Name Stephen Naismith's parent club Parent club I who did, Scot- who did Scotland women's team beat 1-0 In the Algarve Cup earlier? Uh, pass The Citizens is the nickname of which Scottish League 2 side? Pass. Which Scottish junior team plays at Beechwood Park? Pass. Which defender joined Rangers from Osasuna in 2007? Uh, Carlos Quiller. Other than Rangers, how many Scottish teams did John Brown play for? Uh, two. Uh, who does Ovi Ajaria now play for? Sheffield United. Okay, didn't even have a Celtic question in there for you, John, but that's the, the luck of the draw. Let's bring Jim Duffy back. Jim, are you with us? Yep, you got the eye of the tiger there going to Oh, that's a bit unfair You've got the motivational tunes <laughs> Getting you Getting Sight you up. Sight up for the, the big battle Right, let's go through The same set of questions Jim, are you ready? Sure Okay Name Stephen Naismith's parent club Norwich Who did Scotland women's team Beat 1-0 in Iceland. the Algarve Cup earlier Today, the Citizens Is the nickname of which Scottish League 2 side? Annan Which Scottish junior team Plays at Beechwood Park? Oh, I should know that one, but I can't think. Uh, Benbub. Which defender joined Rangers from Osasuna in 2007? Carlos Quella. Other than Rangers, how many Scottish teams did John Brown play for? He plays for the Dean Hamilton too. Who does Ovi Ajaria now play for? Oh, Birmingham. Okay. John, you've heard the competition. Are you still as confident, or did the eye of the tiger swing it for Jim Duffy? Ah, you dived in, didn't you? It's a, it's a, anyway, let's find out how bad it was. Name Stephen Naismith's parent club. It is Norwich. I can see what, obviously where you were coming from. He plays for Hearts, but it's Norwich. One 0 Jim Duffy. Who did seen that? Jim Duffy dived in as well. He's done that a few times over the years. Scotland's women's beat uh, Denmark today. Denmark. It was so. There we go. Uh, the citizens. Mark Guidi No, I had Annan written down as well no. Citizens, City, Edinburgh City No, nah, not doing it for you no. Okay, it was Edinburgh City Which Scottish junior team plays at Beechwood at Sock and Lake? No. Famous uh, venue for our United game recently So it's 1-0 after four questions A real classic on Beat the Pundit Which defender joined Rangers from Osasuna? 2007 it was Carlos Cuellar You both got that right Which means it's 2-1 to Jim Duffy Other than Rangers How many Scottish teams did John Brown play for? Again, you both got it right It's 2 So it's 3-2 to Jim Duffy Which means it all comes down to the last question Who does Ovi Ajaria now play for? None of you got it right It's Reading Reading. So Jim Duffy pips you Hardlines, John Oh, I can't be bothered I'll try again 3-2 <laughs> is a thriller You said it was terrible <laughs> ah, really good. I'm up to first, you know. I should have been enjoying Unlucky yeah. Unlucky John Hardlines <laughs> You can come back another time 01419511025 That's the number you need to get in touch Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy still here And I'm pleased to say We're now joined uh, by Motherwell's reserve coach Former Rangers defender Morris Ross Morris thanks for joining us How are you? 
I'm good, thank you. Thanks did, for having me. Did I get the job title right? Is that at Motherwell's reserve coach? You were telling us yes. at the break you do a bit of, bit of this with the first team, bit with the reserves. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'll be kind of overseeing the 18s also. So it's gonna. There we go. Oh man, who else? My busy be. Busy man. How how are you enjoying it then? How much are you enjoying being back? What's the role like? It's um, yeah, it's nice to be back in uh, Scottish professional football. Um, you know, it's it's full time, which is which is what I've always craved. And being in the club eight o'clock in the morning to, to five o'clock at night is something I've not had because <laughs> I've been dealing with kind of semi-professional footballers um, that go to their work all day. So for me, for me, it's great. I'm in, I'm in uh, a good coach's room, and the standard of coaches in, in the Motherwell is very high. So I feel like as much as I'm teaching the, the young lads, I'm also I'm also learning as a coach as well. So it's it's uh, it's all encompassing. Right now Mark and Jim are used to this Every time we have a guest in We do a bit of a getting to know you Quick fire questions Just to try and break the ice So to speak So I'm going to fire through them Very simple What was the first game you went to? Dundee United Hibs And uh, I was in the family enclosure With my wee mate Kenny Ratty um, ach, We were only about 10 11 year old then Remember the score? No I was going to say Because I, I can't even mm. really remember my first game I think I fell asleep or something Which probably says more about the team I was watching <laughs> uh, Who was your footballing hero growing up? Morris Malpass that was an easy one for me Named after? Uh, no, that was my old man <laughs> Right, okay, fair enough What well, just, and I take it you Playing the similar position and so on When you grew up as well Is that something you carried on? Um, no, that, that had nothing to do with it It was just that, that When you've got limited ability You get popped out to right back So it's <laughs> got an easy one Best player you've played with? That will be tough Pound for pound Barry Barry yeah. Ferguson, yeah Sum it up quickly then What? Why him above all the others? Um, I've touched on it before just the, just the ability to be relentless every day being a good footballer is one thing but churning out every single day mm. and that's where I think some great foreigners I played with didn't have that they had their days off whereas Barry didn't so he was yeah I would say he was pretty special Best you've played against? Name wise you know you can name obviously Messi and Ronaldo and stuff but I think Oh he's name dropping now No no you? but you know and, and I didn't mean to do that but <laughs> I like it I, Do it do it I've played against him I've done it No I ran alongside him I never played against him um, I think the hardest one was Mark Overmars um, playing on the shoulder all the time so if you looked at the ball he was spinning behind you if you if you went deeper you know the, the, the striker was getting in so he was constantly play, kind of playing mind games with me um, and he was lightning fast so I would say he was probably the most difficult I like that good shout we were just talking about him a moment or two ago uh, best friend in football is it anyone that Keith Gibson that's, um, that's my friend from yeah, since we were four he, he had a career at Dundee um, our broth played at all the Angus clubs um, so yeah uh, who is he involved with now he's up at Elgin Elgin City uh, assistant manager best stadium you've played at Ibrox See I like this already He thinks Doesn't he dive in He's having He's assessing all the options Is that just so many Just the memories And, and being part In front of the home crowd And stuff Yeah well I, I think it's everything I mean you, when you go up to The, the main stand it's a, it's a beautiful building You go inside There's marble You know You get on the pitch It's immaculate the, you're, you're, As much as it's a big stadium You're quite tight To the fans mm-hmm. um, Which I think adds to it um, And yeah Of course I've been there For so many years It's so many Fond memories So many so many bad, bad ones and all, you know. But that um, was obviously Ibrox. Yeah. Getting on to those then. Best footballing moment. Three two cup final Celtic last minute. It's one of those maybe like sounds a bit of a cliche, but for those of us who've, who've never played, is that genuinely something you just you know you hang on to forever and you get the, the flashbacks and all the rest of it? It's not so much the flashbacks, but you know, to beat Celtic is one thing. To do it in the cup final in the last minute, it kind of adds to it a wee bit. Mm. 
Yeah, the, the story was 2002, all 2002, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. 2002. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring you back down to earth then. Worst footballing moment? Probably quitting at 31. I think that was... No, in fact, I've got... I think the move that killed my career was going to China instead of signing with Aberdeen when, I, when they offered me a contract. I went for financial gain rather than a football reason and I vowed never to do that again. So I would say that's probably the most... Uh, a terrible moment in my career That the type of thing you can Pass on now I guess in your, your role to, to younger players Who may be facing similar Predicaments you, you, can, you can pass it on But you know what it's like <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a young boy You're, you're hungry And you're, you're, you're too keen sometimes And you don't see it You've got to just advise them And if they take that advice Then great mm. If they don't Then they will They will learn by their mistakes Or, or sometimes in, in another case they, They're going to do great um, and make loads of money So you know, there's, there's no right or wrong mm-hmm. However that was wrong from, from my point of view What was it about it that killed it? The football, the culture, the lifestyle A combination of the above Well I mean it's 2010 You know China's kind of seen as a big thing now But it's Nah For me it's a football graveyard Any superstitions? No not into that stuff. No, really not. You must have seen some weird and wonderful things over the years. Yeah, I've seen some crackers. I but it's, nah, it's not, not for you. Not for me, no. Um, what are your hobbies away from football? Um, I enjoy a wee game of golf in, in the summer months. Um, I enjoy snooker, but I don't have anybody to play with. Um, Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi—they're going to invite you along. They're both good snooker players. I, I would like that. Um, <laughs> snooker. Yeah, and, and, yeah. See when you're in full-time football You've not really got I mean people say How could you not have time But mm. you actually don't um, Yeah less time as a coach That's for sure Aye so I mean you're, you're in there at, Evenings and that as well You're you know, thinking about various things From coaching routines To you know looking at You know possible young players And you know You might be doing as you say Involving the first team Part of scouting routines And all sorts of things Yeah so it's I, I mean people Like the normal working man Say ah you must have loads of free time But you actually don't so I would say my main pastime is probably watching football matches. Have you got enough free time to watch films and tell us what your favourite one of all time is? I saw the movie Green Book the other day. Mm. Is it decent, is it? Oh, it's amazing. Is it? Oh, I've heard that, good things. And because I, I read like what it was all about, so, mm, it might be slow, but it was really great. Ten out of ten. Ah, actually. Right. Mark Weedy always listens up at this point because he's always looking for a box set recommendation. <laughs> what have you got for him? Box set. I'm, I'm a bit old. Sopranos nah. for me. Sopranos uh, yeah, classic, the best Fair of. enough uh, And last but not least Your ultimate five-a-side team From players you played with You can If you want Put yourself in it This is where we learn About the individual No <laughs> um, Stefan Kloss Barry Ferguson Craig Moore Ronald DeBoer Jody Morris They would do alright Because, right, because it's a five-a-side game he, we What's he gonna, Right okay yeah. They would do alright wouldn't they I'm happy with that team yeah, not too bad. I don't know who's, who's going to run back and get the ball, mind you, but uh, Craig Moore's going to do Barry. a lot of work. <laughs> where's uh, St Johnson, though? Where did you play with Jody? Uh, Millwall. At Millwall, right? I was trying to work that one out. Yeah, right? you played with well, Millwall. Football. Aye. Oh, my God. And, and a guy that just loves football. You know, you, you maybe get mixed reports, you know, or he's been pigeon-toed a bit in his earlier career, uh-huh. but no, what a footballer. Good football mind as well. Um, well, you'd imagine see, that we're being Lampard's number two. Lampard when they take somebody on and Lacey, there you go. New stuff. There, you, know? there you go. Nah, and he's, he just he just loves his football, so he does. And he's a good lad. If you have any questions for Morris, so one four one nine five one one zero two five. The door's still open for, for any comment on the previous topics from tonight. So get your thoughts into us. We are on Twitter as well uh, at Clyde SSB. In your current role, then Morris, this uh, 
reserve football at Motherwell we, we like to talk about kind of youth football on the show and, and how we, we make our young players better how good is it for you at the moment to have four players in the Scotland under 21 squads because that's a success in itself and I assume it serves as a, an incentive to the, the batch of players below that that that's what they can achieve you know the Alan Campbells David Turnbull Jake Hasty, and Barry Maguire called up this week what I must say is, you know, their their developments had nothing to do with me. I've I've come into to the club mm-hmm. what, eight weeks ago, and these boys were well on their way by then. Um, so that's that's been work that's been done by uh, Stevie Craig and, and uh, Big Mick, um, and the manager. The manager's um, he's on the ball when it comes to detail and uh, making football better. Um, from my point of view, all it does is just shows that. My group that I deal with every day I mean I've got 14 to 16 players every day um, And there's a few in there There's two or three in there that Will 100% make the first team in, in Motherwell In my opinion um, It's just about timing It's when the breakthrough is When they're emotionally ready for it When they're physically ready for it Because it's alright being able to take a touch and, 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 and run off somebody or whatever But it's the whole package And you've got to be ready And the manager's massive on being physically ready How um, important is it to, to, to have the those examples of, of what can be done I mean Everybody knows the month That Jake Hastie's had A couple of months He'll probably be up there In the discussion When the, the Player of the Month awards Are handed out You know he, he went away on loan A couple of times So maybe if you've got guys Behind him Who are thinking Oh you know I'm going out on loan The manager doesn't rate me There's that Example there As to what can be done I think as long as you've got Good communication With the with the, the, the young lad That's going out And follow up That's important as well And I've got a young lad Brock Watson That's out at East Fife now now, when he's got a game on a on a, on a Wednesday night, I want him in a Wednesday morning because he still feels part of it and he feels that we're watching him and we care about him. And I think that's a big a big thing. Knowing young footballers that, that you care about them. And it's not just putting them aside and putting them out on, on loan. So for me, when you look at Jake, Jake's a classic example. Goes away, gets battered about for two years, comes back and, and like Scott Gamble says, he's a beast. But that's also that the young lad's up in that gym every morning. This is another thing that uh, the average fan doesn't see. These boys are working very, very, very hard, um, as does Alan Campbell, David Turnbull. These are boys that are going up in the gym, whether the manager's watching or no, and that's from what's in themselves, and that's a big thing. You've got to want it. You've got to want to go and do that extra. Um, that's that's a big thing for me for, for young lads. How do you look back on, on your own upbringing then? I'm a, I mean, I'm assuming it was not only a very different club, a different time, but... In terms of those same sort of values or principles, who were the guys that instilled that within you? John Brown. John, well, first and foremost, your parents. Um, I think it can be in this new generation, and I'm going to be careful what I say here, but I find that it's easy to blame the school teacher. It's easy to blame the coach. I think you, you can't enable your kids to take that kind of least point of resistance. You've, you've got to have a few hurdles to overcome before you get better at anything, whether that's football, whether that's education, just life in general. Um, so I think we as parents, and I'm a parent, we've got a responsibility to to not just point the finger at everybody else bar their son. Um, and I hope to contain that kind of approach. You know, I, I try to encourage my players every day, as, as you should, uh, positive reinforcement, but we're not telling them it's great when it's not great. Um, there's got to be a level of honesty and integrity from the coach there 
Morris, you obviously you worked abroad. So how does that then compare with the you know the you know the, the parents, for instance? You know the attitude towards their relationship with coaches, because I still believe in, in here when I go to watch a lot of games young, there's still too much opinion and pressure put from parents onto kids. And you see a lot of kids who leave the game far too early because they get disillusioned. A lot of it because of peer pressure. Do you think it's different abroad? Do you think there's a a more acceptance of a, allowing the coach to do his job more th- th- rather than that interference. I know, I know. Listen, parents take their kids and they support them and financially and pick them up and drop them off and all these things. So I'm not decrying all that kind of stuff, but there is still a lot of opinion from them. Uh, I think, in, whereas in Europe, it seems to be from the outside that there's that they allow that 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 you know influence to be, you know, uh, from the coach. Yeah, I mean it's. <sighs> Like take take like there's my mother. My mother's a nurse. Her expertise is knowing positioning me football on a football pitch. So my mum, you know, had enough humility just not to get involved. And that's where I think it all boils down to is humility. Just trust that people at Motherwell and Rangers and Aberdeen and Hearts they want your boy to do well. They they don't want to go and need to spend a million pounds on somebody for England. Not 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 teams that can't do that, but so just I would say that, that just to trust that we do our homework. We're educated. And that's for me, I would say humility is the, the biggest thing. You know, being in Norway, they, like, I mean, I've got foreign boys that, that I've coached. They still call me gaffer. So it's, or coach. You know, it's not, they don't call you by your first name. There's a level of respect there that, that, that I like. Um, and listen, I'm not saying my players are no, my players are very respectful, but I just think as a whole, just trust that these coaches are no zipped up the back. Because they're they're doing their best for their son. Now, whether that son plays, that's a different story. But we see them every single day, and we make it. Uh, I would say an unbiased judgment who should play. Morris Ross joining Mark Weedy and Jim Duffy on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. If you've got any. Thing, anything on your mind you want to share whether it's on the, the topics from the first half of the show or whether it's questions for Morris 01419511025 is the number you need you can do it on Twitter at Clyde SSB and Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are just delighted that they've got some help on the full time teaser which is coming next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are here. Morris Ross joins us tonight. He's uh, currently working with Mullow's reserve team, about the first team as well as he was telling us. Uh, had a wide and varied career that you'll well know. Started at Rangers. He's been talking about his experiences abroad as well. So any questions, get them into us on the phone. Or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. I will set up the question just to get us off and running. We don't need to spend too long on it. All the way from Singapore tonight's question. So, Ooh, yeah, Matthew emailed in to say he's got a lot of spare time in his hands <laughs> in Singapore. So he sent the question in. We're looking for the last five players that retired at Rangers and Celtic. So it's ten players in total. So the last five players who retired at Rangers, and the last five players who retired at Celtic. Uh, so what well, I. You mean hung up the boots while yeah, that was the last club. for the club? That was the last club. That was the last David Weir? Mm-hmm. Rangers? Yep. Good shoot. Um, there is a wee caveat here that they must have played five first team appearances. So I'm assuming that's just to weed out any bizarre ones. You know, these are all relatively big names. Uh, okay, okay. So David Weir, 20. Lennon? Um, no. no. No, he went down south, didn't he, after? Yeah, Forrest and Wickham. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. 
I'm looking to see if some of these would have been oh, yeah, teammates got, of Morris Ross's. I've got one. John Kennedy. Big through injury. No, it's the last five, so they're all more oh, recently the last than him. Five. Yeah, all right, okay. They're all more recently than him. Tough question, isn't it? But I mean, they're, they're all big names, so don't don't worry. You're not getting any ridiculous curveballs. One or two. Are. Frank De Boer is not one. No. All right, I'll give you some thinking time. Um, I'll give you a clue The Rangers ones are going back to 2007 And the Celtic ones are going back to 2006 So fairly similar Celtic have had a couple in the last couple of years If you have a wee think about it uh, I'm surprised John Kerry's on that list If it's going back to 2006 Because he played in a title winning team Possibly 2007 So He's not going to need John Kerry You're going to need to phone <laughs> Singapore And take it up with Matthew Let's speak to Kevin in Coatbridge Hi Kevin how you doing, lad? Good, thanks. What's your point tonight? Just a statement that uh, Gordon made, uh, not Gordon, Mark Greedy made earlier. He said, why shouldn't Rangers be beating Celtic? No, Rangers should be beating Rain- uh, Celtic in cup games. No. As if it's what like, they should be. I think Any, you were, right, I think you were be- right the first time, Kevin. I think he yeah. said, why shouldn't they be aiming to? I think it was that. Yeah, I said that. What I did say, Kevin, was if I was in the Rangers board or even Stephen Gerrard, I'd be thinking, considering the level of expenditure... Certainly should be beating um, uh, Aberdeen in a replay And yeah, in a one-off cup tie Yeah, why shouldn't Rangers beat Celtic at Hamden? That's exactly what I said I thought you said Celtic, uh, Rangers should be beating Celtic no, I didn't. in one-off cup game why, why should that? There's, a, there's quite a difference in that In what you're yeah, claiming That's what, that's what I was going to clarify, Mark No, no Because I thought if you were going on the last Celtic-Rangers game That was like, Rangers' biggest game of the season Do you know what I mean? They're, they're not going to play that every week The intensity of that game uh-huh. In the first Celtic-Rangers game uh, Celtic ran Rangers off the part and a 1-0 victory as well do you know what I mean so yeah but it shows you that, that I mean I think psychologically for Rangers I think that was a first uh, victory against Celtic in 13 attempts on December 31st there December 30th yeah but um, I mean but so that, 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 that was that important game, for Rangers they were hanging at the end of the game but they still won the, the game, Kevin. And to be honest, the, the, result, the, you know yeah, I mean? the result was very kind to Celtic that day Rangers deserved to win by more yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm going back to the first game of the season as well, and I think the limit of the fans has got a lot to do with that as well because it worked for Hibs also. The, sorry, the what? Oh, the allocation you're talking about. Yeah. The fans. Right. Yeah, no, it's not be the same then. If uh, so, anyway, what, what, what is your point? You don't think Rangers? No, are, I just thought you were saying Rangers Scottish should be beating Celtic no, no, in a no. cup tie. So, do you, so you would agree with you would agree with what I said then that looking at it from a Rangers perspective, perspective, why shouldn't they win a one-off cup tie? Well, it's a one-off cup tie. All teams are up for it. It's a total different game. A cup tie. Well, that's fine. That's good. I'm, I'm just, I'm just wanted to clear up that you agree with me. Thanks, I, Kevin. I think we're in agreement. Uh, Kevin, we, we spoke about the final countdown being on ten Premiership games to go. What are you expecting from your team? It's eight in a row for Celtic. It's got they, they can't throw away any eight-point gap. No chance. It's eight in a row and a treble, treble for me. Well, I think the guys pretty much agreed with the certainly the, the league part of that earlier on thanks to Kevin and Cope Bridge 0141 and Morris going back to, to your playing career then looking at your, your time at Rangers of course a lot's happened since then but I'm sure the expectancy levels are, are there or thereabouts that, that type of thing never really goes away based on what Mark's saying then would you expect a real real appetite to go and at, at least land the Scottish Cup this season I don't think their appetite varies through a season you know you go into every every competition looking to win it. It's it's in the walls. It's it's in the history. Um, they're reminded of it every day when they walk past all the pictures. 
So there's no getting away from it. Rangers, like Mark touched on, the the amount of investment has gone into that in comparison to to an Aberdeen. Um, and I think play for player Rangers are better than Aberdeen. And but Aberdeen are they're they're a, they're a tough opponent, and it won't be a walk in the park. That's for sure. But if Rangers are going to get any kind of, I don't know. <laughs> It's kind of an in- indicator where they are. I think they've got to be looking to to be getting at least one bit of silverware this year. Whilst we were talking about your you know your current role in in terms of looking after younger players, how do you reflect on coming through in an environment like that then as as a young player? In in a sense, just we talk about the size of it, the expectancy, the you know the, the pressure. You mentioned Barry Ferguson earlier on that that type of thing that. That intense environment, that expectancy level. There's nothing like it. I mean, when I left Rangers and went down south to Wolves, um, I mean, Wolves is a big club, but the expectation levels is not even close. Not even close. So I think the only when you go down south, the expectation levels you're looking at Man United, Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, maybe. But outside of that, I mean, Everton have not got the same expectation as Rangers and Celtic. It's uh, it's it's very very strange um, and. There's only a special group of people that can handle that and perform, um, and like say guys like Barry Ferguson. How difficult was that to handle? Then? It is, it is, but you don't realise it until you leave. I didn't realise it. I was like, I was a coiled spring. I didn't realise it until I could walk down uh, into the Costa Coffee and, and read the Daily Mail in Wolverhampton. That oh, I've been under some pressure. You don't realise it because you're just brought up from your 14 or 12 as it was um, right through, so you can't escape it. You, know, you go to New York on holiday and you get stopped in the middle of Fifth Avenue for an autograph. How's that? That's not normal. So it's 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 like I said, it's all encompassing. It's it's uh, and uh, you know it does envelop you, and it's twenty four seven. So it's 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 a bit of a strange environment to be in, actually. Is that why having the structure right or as as close to right as you can is important? You mentioned John Brown a bit earlier on. Um, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but you were hinting at that sort of. The kind of tough love approach at times. How important was that for you looking back? I think times have times have moved on, um, but again, m- much of that has, has made me into what I am today. Um, but you, but you can't have that tough love, not that tough love approach. Even at first team level now, it's totally different. So it's it's hard to compare both. I can only speak from from my point of view. It, it certainly helped me handle. Basically, it was like the break it down. They first three, four, five months they try and break you down and, and then they build you back up again. But unfortunately, in that breakdown process, many are broken. And that's where I think we've got to be a wee bit careful that there's boys that are emotionally ready or emotionally mature, 17 year olds, and you can have emotionally immature 17 year olds. And we, we, can't, we can't allow to run the risk of losing the, the emotionally immature ones. Uh, because they might turn into being uh, smashing footballers if they're given that time, so it's it's one we need to be careful with. I think that's something you recognise, Jim. Changes over the years. Yeah, I mean you've seen dramatic changes in the personalities of players and in how they deal with things. As I mentioned before, it's just the way we are as a society now. You know, teachers discipline, police discipline. I'll tell you, everything's different. Parents discipline. Um, you have to you know approach it with a, a, a softer. Um, you know, you know, attitude, and they understand that if you go as 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 Morris has said there, you know, hell for leather after them, you'll lose too many young players now. So there, there still has to be um, an element where they have to be able to handle it because the fans can be unforgiving. So a coach can give you all the support, 
uh, and all the positivity you want. But if you then get into that first team and you're that young centre-back as a short pass-back or a, a really obvious mistake and that volume of criticising comes at you and you've never experienced it before or never heard anything like that, you could fold. You know, that, mm-hmm. that, that could happen. So there has to be a bit of a balancing, but it, it has to be done now more, I think, by, you know, constantly just, you know, speaking to them rather than that, you know, kind of ranting and, you know, in-your-face type of mentality that was maybe there 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take the points on uh, on board. I can only agree. I, I think young footballers, we speak to them. I think footballers in general nowadays, in my opinion, Gordon, they get away with so much. You know, you know, they they really do. In terms of this, you can't actually exert a bit of authority, and you can't get them a boot up the backside. And there's so many things that, that you just can't do. And I know that's modern society, and there's HR departments and all the different things. But I think as a, as a, I really feel for coaches and, and and managers now, because you're in a workplace where one sentence out of line, and your job could be finished, rightly or wrongly, because you can be taken to task. Um, and if you have got old school values and it worked for you, and you want to try and implement some of that in young kids, you need to be very very careful. And I think that's unfortunate, and I think that will stop the development of a of a lot of good young boys because basically they've not got the stomach to take criticism. Mm. Uh, Morris, when you come through all that, then how how much is it all worth it when 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 it when it pays off? I mean, you, you you've scored a a cup final goal for for Rangers against your current employers, of course. I, I was uh, I'm over it now as a young Motherwell fan. You broke my heart, but it's it's fine. I'm, I'm over it. Um, you know, you still mention it though. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, c- coming through all that and, and getting to that stage and, and, and getting the medals and the, the adoration that that must be an incredible feeling. Yeah, but again, it's it's also that that's that's the, the the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's still other footballers out there that have went through that tough love, etc. That, that I had when I was younger, that I've went and played with, had great careers at Dundee United, and I've had great careers at Hearts, and that I've maybe no been lucky enough to to go and win something. So, to be a professional footballer, in my opinion, is the best job in the world. Whether it's at Rangers, whether it's at Motherwell, whether it's at Celtic, whether it's wherever, to get up every day. And going to work and keep fit and learn and get paid, you know, in comparison to to your peers, good money. It's 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 a dream, and and I think sometimes we need to remind young boys that they're lucky, but it's also a job. It's it's not just. I mean, <laughs> there's my young boys today. I went into the weight dressing room and it was untidy. So, me being. Not, not accepting poor standards Because why should a cleaner come up and wipe up toilet paper You know I, I don't want that I want us to be treating that away dressing room Like it's our own bedrooms So that's setting standards Now that's not going in and going bananas But it's setting standards So they'll be reminded of that on Friday Friday morning They'll be in earlier to tidy all that stuff up But the cleaners have done it of course But I'm just making a point that You don't need to rant and rave But we need to draw a line in the sand sometimes That no, this is not acceptable Because if you go into the, the building trade Or you go into an accountant's office You're not tidying up your cups or whatever You're going to be pulled up for Morris, it Morris, can I ask you Just what happens if you've got a prodigious talent A, a real talent you mm-hmm. feel has got a real chance Of being a top player But the mentality, as you say So he then turns around and says to you I'm not picking it up I'm not, I'm not here as a cleaner I want to play I'm a footballer So how then, because Obviously, in my day Obviously, came back and John Brown, as you mentioned, because mm. I played with Bomber at, D- at Dundee and stuff like that. 
So, you know, someone would have would have kicked him at the back saying, hey, this is what you're doing and, you know, make no bones about it. But a prodigious talent and also an asset, valuable mm -hmm. in the club as well because you've got responsibility to the club. Think, wait a minute, you can't just throw mm -hmm. him out or, you know, get rid of him or whatever because he could be worth an awful lot of money one day, either playing or as a sellable asset. So how do you then decide that, you know, get inside without weakening your position and without looking weak to the rest of the players? Because the rest of the players are thinking, right, how is he going to treat him because he's a star? I, I, I mean, it is, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, for me, I try to, in, in general, I try to focus on positive people within the group against the negative people in the group because they get neg it's a negative attention seeking sometimes. So I actually try to focus on, look what this guy is an example. Look at this boy, rather than putting in the negative. In a situation where I've asked somebody to pick something up, for instance, that hasn't happened, but if it was and he, and he didn't want to do that, I'm not going to force him. But that obstinate, kind of negative body language or behaviour, that will catch up on him. Because the game's a village. And I would explain that. The game's a village, wee man. You don't need to, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to force you. I'm, I'm here to educate you. you know, in, in terms of behaviour, in terms of the football positioning, in terms of everything. There's no right and wrong way of doing it, but I would like to explain to people that let's take care of our environment. Let's take care of it. Would you, would you, would you, like you said, would you do that in your mother's house? Would you do it in your mm. grandmother's house? And if you go on an emotional level like that, I think there's more chance of getting through to people rather than the big stick approach. I, I don't think that works. Morris Ross joining Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy on tonight's show. What about the teaser? We're looking for five, the last five players who retired at Celtic and the last five players who retired at Rangers as sent in by Matthew in Singapore. Davy Weir is the only one so far. Cole Yes. Chris Commons. Yes. Roy Keane. Yes. Uh, so, since when did you say? Well, it's, it's, the la it's the last five, but I, I was giving you a wee clue. 2006 and seven, respectively. I'm going to throw two in, but I don't think they're right, but I'll just throw them in. Stephen Kloss at Rangers? Yes. Magnus Hedman at Celtic? No. Stephen Kloss, yeah, I thought that was before that. So, so, so Kloss will probably be a furthest back then. Uh, there was one in the same year. I, I couldn't say. I mean, assuming it was at the end of the season, both of them. 2007, so that was when. Is that when Walter went back then? Just I'll the tell you what, Wednesday. I'll give you some thinking time. We'll get the answers next, and Ian and Kerluk, we're going to speak to him as well. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are here in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Morris Ross is also with us as well, sharing his experiences. Uh, as a player and now as a coach involved at Motherwell they've got work to do on the teaser mm. we're looking for the last five players that retired at Rangers and the last five players that retired at Celtic they must have played a minimum of five first team games it's guys like Roy Keane Chris Commons Colo Touré Stefan Kloss David Weir Morris Ross you come up with one during the break uh, Dado Perso. Dado Perso, 2007 oh, any more from you Mark Guidi? Mm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm toiling a Right, you've got here. two Celtic to go and two Rangers to go I'll give you the years just if it steers you in the, okay. in the rough direction I hope I get well, but on you go <laughs> <laughs> The Celtic ones you're looking for, 2008 and 2016 The Rangers ones you're looking for, 2009 and 2012 Right, Ian and Kerluk's been hanging on for quite some time Let's speak to him, hi Ian Yeah, hi Paul, hi panel Hello. Hi Mark, hi, Ian. Hello. Uh, Morris and Jim Hi Ian What's your point tonight, Ian? 
Uh, tell you what, I'm, a, I'm an avid listener. I listen all the time, but this is the first time I've had the courage to phone up. Right, what made you phone tonight then? I'm always interested in what, what uh, tips well, people over the edge. I listen to Morris, uh, to be honest, about his passion for the, the game and the young ones and coaching and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a question about, obviously, you all know the, the Rangers kind of under-17 team did so well out in that cup in the Middle East. Uh, my, my wee boy was at Rangers for about a year and a half. He's only twelve. That didn't work out, but that's that's not what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bothered about. It seems to me, being in those circles, teams, Rangers, Celtic, Scottish teams seem to be able to beat like, big teams like Man United, Valencia, all these other teams at that age. So the question is, what happens when they get to seventeen to twenty-one? And why do we go backwards? Or maybe not go backwards where those kids are lost. Uh, because obviously we can't beat them. Obviously money comes into it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question, Ian. A really good question. Morris in particular, that's 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 your role right now, is you're bridging that gap really from academy to, to full-time, first-team professional. How difficult is it? What, what do you make of Ian's query? I mean, it, 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 I mean it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question, first and foremost. Um, I think we've had these discussions for years. What does happen? Um, I'm not sure. Um, Gordon Strachan touched on the, the gene pool one time and, and he got destroyed for it. Um, I'm not going to say it's absolutely that, but it could be that people are physically stronger. And you know, when, when you look at the, the larger gene pool in Germany and whatnot, um, England, I mean, you go down to England. I mean, I was, I mean, I'm six foot and I was an okay size fullback in Scotland, but you go down south and they're just, they're just giants. Yeah, they're, they're just giants. And, and um, that's only one thing that I can say that's actually tangible. Um, and, and I would hate to say it's a mentality thing because I, I think we're, we're, a, we're a mentally strong uh, nation. So I really don't know. It's a difficult one for me to say absolutely what it is. Um, but yeah it's, it's, it's one for mm. debate If we're talking about things we can do I mean just to use your examples Because it's close to home We spoke about Jake Hasty going out on loan We're talking about, There's always a bit of soul searching isn't there About whether it's cult teams we had It was it used to be under 20s Now we're, we're back to calling it reserve football To, to try and, and, and bridge that gap Are these things working? What should be next in your opinion? At the end of the day It's, it's young boys playing football in it What do you call it? Premier League Elite League Reserve League doesn't matter. It's the same product. You're just dressing it up differently. Um, so for me, uh, let's let's not worry about titles. Let's just get boys out on the pitch playing football on good, good pitches with good coaches. Um, you know, we're, we're putting things in place now with the Project Brave with the A A licensed coaches at all the levels. These are things that 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 could in time uh, to, to kind of do well for our, for our, for football nation. Um, but whatever you call it. Is, is irrelevant for me It's a good question Mark Because we get this a lot And that, that that's not a criticism of Ian that it's, It keeps coming up Because it's constantly relevant We, we constantly see Young players that tend to yeah. In years gone by We're hoping that we're coming out The end of it But in years gone by That, that tail off at that sort of late teens And it doesn't manifest itself Into a successful Scotland national team yeah, I you know, isn't and I think um, Gordon Strachan's got some great ideas on it as Morris touched on it, and it's fascinating if you if you sit in his company, I mean, he traces it all the way back to the to the baby boom of the the the, the fifties and stuff like that. There was more people um, to choose from and think like that. He's got fascinating statistics 
And you know you start, If you can get Gordon in the programme One night to get right into it all uh, uh, You know it would really stimulate A lot of debate And it would probably answer A lot of questions that, that we all have As to why You know we've not been At a major tournament For pushing 22 years now um, You know he, he'll say Where is The 6 foot 2 6 foot 3 striker When was the last time We produced in this country At any of our clubs That went on to play For Scotland That big Athletic Perfect. And if you look at Ollie Buck, six say, two, six three. There was a hope it was going but, to be him. But born and brought up and, and down but, south. Scott McTominay, six three, six four. Born and brought up down south. Maybe the closest we've had to it Kevin up here. Kyle. It's yeah, Kevin Kyle's been been decent, but somebody's at the real top. And I like Kevin Kyle. Don't take that the wrong way. Is I don't know Stephen Cle- Stephen Fletcher. Maybe the closest we've had to it. But so if you if you look at it, you know, um, you look at the type of player that the Celtic Academy. Has produced over the past number of years mostly James Forrest, Sean Maloney's. You know, you look at that kind of tight. Callum McGregor. Callum McGregor's. Mm-hmm. No, so there's no six foot two, six foot three. Where are they? Whether they're centre of the part or, or that Kieran Tierney's what five foot nine, whatever outstanding player. So you, you look at all those um, kind of things. What, what what the answer to the question is? Um, I don't know. Apart from that as well, we lose a lot of players just because Morris been touched on in Jim will know over the years. Just down to attitude. Um, attitude and um, not having that desire, as as Morris touched on earlier, talking about Barry Ferguson, to go up and go to your work every day and you know try to get to the very top. Mm. Did you recognise that Morris? Because every player, you, every player you speak to can rhyme off guys that they thought were brilliant, had all the ability in the world, but it, you know didn't make it. Did, I take it you saw many of them in your your time. Yeah, but it's, it's, it could be injury, it could be mental toughness, mm-hmm. it could be. You don't know what's happening behind closed doors. You don't know. There's you so get a chop player in front of you. We've said this before. Celtic give you the best, talented, most left back in the world. Certain so 18, 19 years of age. You don't want to play. Kieran Tierney's here. So sometimes the door doesn't open for you. You don't get that break. And then eventually you knock on it so often, you get a bit disillusioned. You might go somewhere else, you know, the same standard. Or you feel as if you've missed out, even though you're a talented player. But I think football's about cycles. You know, we've talked there about Dutch. You know, you have cycles of really top players. And sometimes you have a golden era. And you know Scotland's kind of you know sometimes have had golden airs, but there are cycles. But there's a lot of things I think, particularly when you go down south, the facilities, not just the the, the pitches and the training, but the, the the sports science has been there for well twenty twenty five thirty years. We're just kind of you know maybe in the last five to ten years, you know embracing that type of stuff, that type of information for young players, the nutrition, the diet, the phys- the physicality, and that can take a generation to develop. Mm. So we, we're playing catch-up by more than 10 years, possibly 20 years. But can, can, I mean, I'd flip that. You hear a lot of mm. managers and coaches actually mm. moaning that sports science mm. has got too much influence now. No, there, there might be a bit. In terms of the physicality, as, as Morris says, I remember, I, could remember, I think I've said before, I'm standing when I was at Norwich outside the, the, the tunnel when Stokes said they were going to play it, and I thought I was, honestly, I thought I was absolutely, like, you know, a tiny, I, I thought it was one of the borrowers. Honestly, the, the guys were absolutely giant <laughs> physically, strength, muscular. muscular. I'm looking at them thinking, mm-hmm. wow. And as I said, that was at Stoke City. That wasn't one of the major, major clubs. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, sports science, it can have. But in terms of getting young kids in at a very young age and developing all aspects, not just the technical side, mm-hmm. we're way, way behind. Even though we are catching up, we've got a generation. Do you know what's behind. frustrating about this? We could do this till 10 o'clock tonight, but we're going to have to cut it short and ask for your answers on the teaser because we're running Cal- out of time. Calton Cole? Nope. Thomas Gravison? Yes. 
I was about to pull out my favourite clue there. It's got the same haircut as you two. I always uh, use that one, but there we go. Sasa Papach. Yes. It wasn't Mark Wilson that retired him. Don't uh, any there's one that I don't think it is, but I'll throw him in anyway. Carlos Bocanegra. Nope. So you've got one from each team to go. Right, I'll need a clue, Gordon. So I'm looking at 2008 Celtic and 2012 Rangers. No, di- no disrespect to the Celtic one, but the most memorable thing he did up here was probably get banned for diving. 2008 So that's Gordon Strachan's team No no That was the Gravison one 2016 2016 team We were speaking about his Former club a lot Earlier on in the show You've all been raving about the performance last night Holland And Ajax Oh uh, Berichter Dirk Berichter Uh huh And 2012 for Rangers Celtic was his last club Ali McCoy's team 2009 Or 2000 Rangers Or 2009 So that's Walter's team African nation uh, Senegalese? Nope if I'll give you the the nationality I think you'll get it Algerian Oh Hamid uh, No 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 no, no. Brahim Hindani Brahim Hindani yeah. Well done Thank you, you Mark Weedy and Jim Duffy For joining me Gordon yeah. Duncan Special thank you goes to Morris Ross For taking time out And joining us tonight Thank much. you Morris uh, Big thanks as always For all the calls And tweets Apologies if we didn't Get through them But we're back tomorrow At 6 o'clock With Mark Wilson And Gordon Dell. And in the meantime Stay right there Callum Gallagher's up next